0: Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author and public speaker, Adam Strong.
1: Hello, everybody, and a welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we have another amazing guest here on today's show, someone that is actually uh, was introduced to me uh, probably about three, four months ago. Uh, we have a, as you guys know, I have a very uh, amazing network of uh, where I have built up some amazing relationships. And uh, Navin, who is our guest for today, uh, was introduced through uh, a previous guest of ours, Sammy Blindell, who you might, uh, may or may or may not know. We call her the brand builder. So let's shout out to Sammy, by the way. And, um, you know, it's interesting because Navin actually uh, attended one of our Game Changers uh, fine dining experiences. And you know what? One of the things that I really appreciated it was just, number one, his experience, but also he really understands what some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, which is all around how to sell from the inside out, okay? So let me give you, uh, before I get Navin. by the way, first of all, uh, if you're listening to us live, use the hashtag live, use the hashtag replay, do that immediately. If you don't have um, any time to listen to the video, of course, here we on LinkedIn live, on YouTube, uh, then feel free to go and head over to the podcast, which is either on Apple, Spotify, Google, whichever your favorite podcast platform is, of course. And if you have any key questions or comments that you want to make about today's amazing uh, interview with uh, with Navin, of course, and the sh- and the show, feel free to make any comments in the comment section below here. Very cool. All right, so that's the formalities out of the way. If you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure that you uh, check out some of the relevant links. And also uh, any blurb that we have in the show description notes below, that'd be great. Um, So what we're going to be talking a bit about today is selling from the inside out. And so I'll give you some context around that. But let me tell you a little bit about who Navin is and what he's about, right? So Navin's background is actually, he's a leading performance coach. Um, He is also a, a leading salesman. I'll tell you a little bit about what I mean by that. But he's also a speaker and also a best-selling author he just bought out a new book called selling from the inside out hence today's show of course um, but Navin is background is actually in corporate sales so um, he's had 15 years experience in that within that but he's worked with um, amazing companies such as Siemens um, but has also worked with your one-man solo entrepreneurs and busy single business owners so and he's found a real Real gap in the market, a real niche, and, and I really like that. Um, and that's what I love about Navin's uh, depreciation as well. Um, and so, to his combination, what he's done actually is he's used, um, so he's enhanced his skills through combining things like NLPs and hypnotherapy. So, it's really kind of tackling not just The skill set from sales skill set, but also from a mindset perspective, which is what we're going to be talking about the combination of the two, which is really, really powerful. Um, And also, over the last sort of 15, 20 years, uh, Navin's also um, added over 12 million pounds of revenue uh, to people's businesses, which is an amazing achievement. Um, So, that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Super excited because, you know, Um, We don't talk enough about sales and we don't talk about enough about mindset, but I love just sharing it with you guys. So listen, um, I hope that you're going to enjoy today's uh, amazing conversations with me and Navin, of course, Uh, really looking forward to today. So let's bring the main man on the show. Navin, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Adam, thanks for that lovely introduction. Not only do you summarize me really well, but I always find that, you know, even despite all the mindset work I've done, all the selling I've done, whenever somebody's sort of bigging me up in any way, you still have that little bit of shyness that comes. So it doesn't matter how many times that happens. You're really like, really? Oh, my God. Is that me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I feel like as entrepreneurs and speakers, you know, we don't actually take enough credit for ourselves. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, I've achieved all that shit. Holy crap. Do you know what I
0: mean? 100%. 100%. And it's something that I tell my clients to do, right? But still, mm-hmm. I think there's always a little bit of, it's just the human brain, the way it's wired, right? There's always a little bit of resistance there thinking, oh, my God, like, really, I did that. And there's is, is appreciation <laughs> yeah. a little bit of, is that me?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to today's conversation and um, super thankful that we're able to, we've been building a a great, uh, strong relationship over the last few months. uh, Because, you know, we haven't really known each other that long. But, you know, I I did feel like kind of resonated with you, um, especially when we sat down and had dinner together and stuff with with a small group of people. And, you know, and I just feel like, some of the things that you have created, and certainly some of the insights that we can learn from you, and some of the listeners that we have from around the world, I believe that there's a real, uh, what's the word I was looking for? Niche, if you like, or niche, and a, and a real skill set that we can all develop and become better. Do you know what I mean?
0: Hundred percent, totally agree. Very cool. All
1: right. Well, listen. Let's uh, let's get to the gist of things. Uh, so, for you guys that are listening in, just make sure that if you have any questions. Uh, feel free to make any questions in the comment section below, of course. And if you're not listening or you're not following, in fact, if you're not following myself or Navin, okay, Navin uh, over on YouTube or on LinkedIn, make sure that you follow us and subscribe. There's a bell notification on the top right-hand corner. Make sure you hit that, and that, that way you won't miss out on any notifications on when we go live and create content. So it's all good. Anyway, in the game. Um, really interesting to learn about in the game. Um, Let's just get some context because your background is in corporate sales and you've now set up a sales consultancy, which is like your own venture, if you like. Have you found, I mean, there. I mean, I don't know much about corporate sales in all honesty. Uh, you know, it's not my bag of tricks and stuff. Do, have you found, did you find a, a, an easy transition from creating your own sales consultancy and could you... Did, was you able to bring a lot of skills over from what you learned in corporate sales over to what you do today?
0: Yeah, so, so there's a couple of things there. I think when it comes to sale, if you've got a background in selling, one thing I'm really grateful for that because I do feel that makes the transition to being an entrepreneur more easier because mm-hmm. like it or not, you have to sell. And when you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're selling yourself and you're selling your business. And so having that sale background certainly is one of the best leading grounds to be an entrepreneur. Having said that, though, it is also you know a different kettle of fish. And what I found is that when I worked in sales in the corporate world, my job was really only just trying to hit a target and sell. Now, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to wear so many different hats. You've got to do the marketing, you've got to do the finance, you've got to create things, you've got to create content, you've got to coach. Mm-hmm. I, I coach, I train as well. So it's that combination of things that that's the the juggling act, which obviously makes it it's more challenging. And the other thing I find, and this is more general, is that when you work for any company, and when you work for a corporate world, you've got a boss, you've got someone sort of telling you into a certain degree, telling you what you need to do, right? They'll let you do it in your way, but you're, you're getting told what the outcomes you need to produce, what you need to focus on. When you run your own business, there's no one telling you that. And Truth. especially when you first start, and I and I, I found that the most challenging thing when I first started my business was like, okay, today's a new day. What should I focus on? Right. Mm-hmm. And then getting yourself not just the motivation, that's one thing, getting motivated to do things, but it's actually like knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And um, with something I'll talk about later, that's why I think things like mentoring, coaching, and modeling other people can be really powerful because you've then got that blueprint that you're following. But in, yeah, in answer to your question, there was a transition, which is always difficult when you go from the working world into the entrepreneurial world. But having said that, sales is I think makes it a little bit easier. And and the second part of your question, when you said what skills do you, you know, some of the skills that you learned in the corporate world, how did it help you? Obviously, the sales skills. But I feel that, and it's one of the things that I'm very passionate about. People in general don't like selling, mm-hmm.
1: and the
0: reason they don't like selling is one of the reasons they don't actually know what real selling is about. Unfortunately, because of bad reputations some bad movies that were put together. um, (laughs) They get a bad impression of it. And there's lots of factors in this as well. A lot of psychological factors, but because of that, people don't really like selling and not very good at it. And definitely having come from a sales background, I didn't have a problem. In fact, I love selling because I know what selling really means. Um, Mm. So, taking that across was really good. And I found that as an entrepreneur, helping other entrepreneurs, that's actually something that I found. So one of the things when I started my business was, um, and I'll explain, I'm sure one of the other questions are gonna ask me this, but I went from under performer to high achiever. So when I started my business, I really wanted to help people to get the mess out of themselves. And Mm -hmm. obviously that through sales as well. But what I also found is a sort of sub mission came up, which was to really explain what sales is, to get people to actually love selling and get a lot of entrepreneurs. There's so many good entrepreneurs out there, Adam. There's so many great people at what they do, whether they're a hypnotherapist, whether they're a coach, whether they're a lawyer or running a law firm, whatever it is, they're great at what they do, but they're letting themselves down because they don't enjoy selling. They haven't got the mindset around selling and then they have not got the skill set to execute it. And they're not growing their business. They're not making the income. They're not making the revenue. Mm. They're not making the impact they want because of this, Gap in selling, and one of the things that I found that which I took for granted working in the corporate world in sales environments that people don't like selling, and a lot of people aren't very good at it, and that's actually hampering their businesses. So, yeah, you know, that's we have an eye a, opener.
1: I was going to say, um, it's interesting, so I want to pick up a point that you mentioned actually, which was around um the whole kind of when, when you were mentioning around like people don't enjoy selling. Now, my thought process behind that, Navin, and maybe you could give us some context around this, is that for the single business owner, right, or or an entrepreneur or someone that runs a small team, is that generally, and the way that I have been, um, most of us haven't come from any sales training background as such, right? So we've maybe gone to an event, whether it be a large event we've seen someone on stage selling whatever it is that they're selling and so then we create these um then we then we create these kind of like um habits and skills about how we could learn those particular people that sell from stage for example and bring it into our own practice or consultancies or whatever it might be and I found that um you know is that some of the biggest mistakes and maybe again give us some context on this but some of the biggest mistakes is that they have this analogy of a thought process in their head thinking maybe that's the way to sell maybe that's the right way to sell maybe that is um, maybe that is uh, maybe that I should sell it I should sell myself that way but actually is it correct or incorrect and maybe it feels uncomfortable what's your context on that
0: so the first thing I always say it's a really good question And the first thing I always say is, as much as possible, be authentic, not just in sales, but everything Mm you do in life. So it's good to watch other people and it's good to see Mm -hmm. different ways people do things. But if you're doing that and it doesn't feel natural for you, there's always going to be a resistance. And I think what Mm -hmm. you've always got to ask yourself, and the first question I always say is, what is selling? What is truly, what is selling in sales? Mm -hmm. And if you really break it down, what selling in sales is, it's serving. And when you go with that mindset of, I want to serve people, that automatically gets you into, number one, it takes a lot of pressure off you and stops that, oh, I don't like the selling. And number two, it actually makes you more authentic because you're just trying to serve. You're not trying to get an end result to a certain degree. True. true. The other thing is, when you break down what is serving and how do you know what serving is, the other thing I always say is, look, let me give you an example. If I thought, right, I've got the best... Beef steak in the world, right? And I'm saying to you, Adam, do you know what? Like this steak is amazing, right? It's fed from the best cows they grow on this on this hilltop with the, the, the bottom of New Zealand, right? Which has got the freshest air in the world. There's no chemicals in the grass they eat. These cows are amazing. The beef is gonna blow your mind, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And even if I came from a place of I really want to give Adam this fantastic steak, I really want to serve him, I really want to make sure he's a great meal. And you might turn around, and I know this isn't true, but you might turn around and go, Navin, I'm a vegan. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so the other thing I will say from a mentality point of view is one thing sales is serving, but sales is also understanding. You've got mm. to understand the other person's needs. So this thing goes up, I don't want to go too much over to a tangent, but that's why things like questioning and listening become really important from it skill set point of view, but just from a mindset point of view, if you just always go and think, right, what I want to do is I want to really understand the personal people in front of me, and I really want to serve them. When you take that mindset, it takes so much pressure off you, it makes you really, really authentic. And then going back to your question you originally asked me is, ultimately, as long as you're doing those two things, and I'm not saying it's all about that, there's, there's things after that, but if that's your base, then it doesn't really matter if you're, how you're doing it. You don't have to copy someone's presentation you saw last week, because if you can create a connection by understanding and serving, that's much more powerful than trying to copy someone in a very unauthentic way. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And here's an, here's an interesting thought. So you talked about authenticity, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. So that brings me on to a really interesting question, because you talked a little bit about um if if they're, if someone is new to selling okay or they find it uncomfortable okay what how does one know between the fine line of being authentic or selling authentically should we say versus learning a new skill which they may be inexperienced about and they're finding it finding it discomforting how does one know how to differentiate differentiate between two to make sure that they are as authentic as they say they are, and being able to sell in the natural way that they are. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think. And I see what you're saying. I think, first of all, it all comes down to the mindset of how you look at anything, not just sales, but anything in life. And going mm-hmm. back to what I said is, the authenticity comes when you're trying to come from a place of serving and understanding. Okay. and mm-hmm. the other way authenticity comes, and this is, goes into so many different tangents, but one of the things I always say is, before you do anything, especially a high-performance thing, you have to completely have a good relationship with yourself. And you've got to be really, really self-aware, right? I always say, before you're going to do anything, become as self-aware as possible. You need to know what makes you tick. You need to know your blind spots. You need to know where you sometimes destruct yourself, right? Because everybody has a a sort of dark side that self destruct themselves. You need to know everything about yourself, right? And you need to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because when you do that, you step into your power. You step into your authenticity because you're so clear about yourself, Mm -hmm. and then when you then do the other things and you really understand, like, then you, once you understand yourself and you're aware of yourself and you feel very comfortable with yourself, you're not second guessing yourself. You're not even sitting there and going, do I look authentic or not? What is my authenticity? You're not, all those questions that go in the monkey mind, they cease. (laughs) And then what you do, you then go into, well, what is selling? Selling is serving selling, selling is understanding. So just think about this now. You've got a complete awareness of yourself. You know what you want. You know why you want it. You then also have tapped into really understanding your good points. Your, no, I wouldn't say good points and bad points. Sorry, that's that's wrong. You'd understand mm-hmm. where you get in your way and where you don't and mm-hmm. what you what you're about. And when you get all this understanding, then you tap into, okay, now I understand myself. I mean, it's always an ongoing process. It's not like, you do you understand for yourself for a month and that's it. You understand yourself for life. It's always evolving. But get a good grip of that. Then you start understanding sales and what sales is about, which is serving and understanding people, right? I'm talking about a very basic level. When you've done that, you're naturally authentic. Then the second part is, but you do need to learn skills because you, you know that you're doing this for very good reasons, right? And you want to help people, but you still got to get them over the line because sometimes people don't realize why they need help. That's where the skills come That's where the skills is. And I always say, as long as the person needs your help and you are confident that you can deliver an outcome for them, then it's your duty to get them over the line. And that's where sales skills come in. That's where the questions you ask, the way you position things, the way you say things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how well you listen Mm -hmm. to them happens. But if you just come from that base place of authenticity and that comes from being really honest with yourself and really Mm -hmm. honest about what you're doing, You you almost I can't even describe it, you come from a really powerful place, and then you just learn the skill on top, and then the sale becomes almost a natural process. Does that answer your question? Uh,
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Some great answers. And for you guys that are listening in, by the way, if you're listening to us live and you have any questions for Navin around sales and mindset, feel free to uh feel free to drop drop them here in the comments in the comment section below. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, of course well, make sure that you've got Navin's details at the end so that if you have any questions based around sales and mindset, you can reach out to him and his team and he will come back to you as soon as you can as well. Um, I want to go, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the in the game because we talked about the in the game quite a lot um, when we sat down for dinner a, um, a, a month ago or so. What is the in the game and how is it relevant to sales?
0: Yeah, great. So in a game, I, I you know I, I love talking about this because, I I believe it's the foundation of success. And the inner game is a few things I've touched on, but the inner game is literally what's going on in the inside. So it's Mm -hmm. about your awareness, your Mm self-awareness, and understanding Mm -hmm. how you tick, who you're about, why you're about that. It's understanding the difference between what you're consciously thinking and the subconscious mind, which are your thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that sit underneath that. It's about getting in full alignment with yourself. And one of the things it's really about is it's also about controlling what I call that monkey brain, that inner dialogue that's often very negative. And it's keeping that under control, keeping that under under wraps. And when you get all of that sorted out, when you're really self-aware, when you've got great clarity, and you know what you want and why you want it, when you become really focused and disciplined from the inside, when you get control of your, when you understand your subconscious reasoning more and your subconscious brain, and when you, you get control of what I call that monkey mind, that, becomes a huge part of the inner game and that's what the inner game is the outer game is the skills it's the techniques it's the way you communicate it's everything on top so in a nutshell that's what the inner game is love it love it love it
1: and i I love it the way that you've um what i call it simplified because it is you've simplified a, a great kind of analogy around that so I, I, I love that. I think it's a, it's a really good, really good thing. Um, I want to kind of um, share something, actually. So, you know, we've got listeners from all over the world here. And, and so we've all got different experiences, whether it be our own experience um, in terms of um, selling to others or being sold by somebody else. So what advice do you have for listeners that? aren't so good at selling right now but maybe that's because when they started out selling whether they were selling for their own consultancy or business coaching or 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 practice or whatever it is that they're selling product wise or whatever it is and they had an expectation in their mind Maven, and it didn't work out the way it wanted they wanted it to be it might have been it probably proved a negative result for themselves but it also created um, negativity, and it got them to question about how good they are as a professional and things like that. Um, and, or, you know, do you have any advice for listeners that aren't so good at selling and have had these bad experiences for whatever reason? And how can we help them improve their confidence?
0: Yeah that's a really good question really really good question and it's actually something that comes up a lot for people so the first mm-hmm. thing i would say it's about it's in anything in life it's about your relationship mm-hmm. you have with that thing right yeah. so the first thing that you need they i would i would get them to really question and interrogate their relationship with sales and why it's that way right it's like mm-hmm. i always say a, a really simple thing if you didn't like if you were trying to find a partner right but let's say you didn't enjoy dating you didn't like the idea of dating or Worse still, you didn't like the opposite sex or whoever you're going after. It's it's <laughs> never going to be that effective, right? You're never going. To, you can have all the skill in the world, but you're not going to really get be very effective. And it's the same True. with sales. You can get all the skills in the world, but if at the fundamental you don't enjoy selling or you've had a bad experience, it's going to affect you. So, going back to the, your questions, first, I would say, well, why have I got this bad experience? Now, there's two things. I always say, first, think about how you've been sold to in your life because a lot of the time why people don't like selling, and I'm even talking about professional salespeople here, right. I hear people, like professional salespeople. And now I look back at it. I didn't think about it at the time, but even work colleagues I had in the corporate world, somebody would call them and they'd be like, somebody trying to sell me something. I put the phone down. <laughs> and now I look back at it, I'm thinking, you've got that relationship with somebody selling that you, you get irritated by it. So when you're selling at the back of your subconscious mind, you're going to be thinking, is somebody getting irritated with me? So everything has to be in alignment. So what I would say is look, everybody's had bad selling experiences to them first. So I actually do a, a mental um, sort of visualization with some of my clients sometimes. I'm like, first of all, you're... so I'm going to do a lot of sidestepping here to explain my point. <laughs> oh okay. good. So the human brain is wired towards negativity, right? And the reason for that is a survival mechanism. The mind is there to keep you alive. And it's come from years of evolution. When we were cave men and women, if we weren't wired that way, we would leave our cave. We would be eaten by a wild boar or a lion or whatever it was. Right? So it was necessary. Now, obviously, now we don't need to have that level of safety. Maybe in some parts of the world we do, but generally speaking, we don't. But our Mm -hmm. brain is always negative, uh, sorry, wired to catch on the negative. Therefore, when you have a negative experience, a negative dating experience, a negative holiday, a negative anything, your brain remembers that 10 times more because your brain's saying, Navin, Adam, you better remember this because this ultimately what it's saying. We don't think this. It's saying in order to survive, you need to remember this. True. So therefore, we will remember a negative experience 10 times more. So what will happen is most of the time at a subconscious level, and even if you consciously ask people, they will be able to recite really bad sales experiences they had. Even when people say, and to be honest, I don't like this, people spamming them on LinkedIn, right? It's, it's a mm-hmm. it's a phenomenon that's happening a lot. It's terrible, that's a whole nother, I could do another podcast on like what those people should be doing instead of spamming. However, <laughs> it's all adding to your negative experience, right? So the first thing is when I would say to someone, they're selling, is start remembering really great sales experiences that you've had. Mm-hmm. Remember great salespeople, great experiences, great customer service, marinate yourself in that. So your subconscious brain starts going, you know this selling, it's not actually that bad. There's a lot of really mm-hmm. good out there, right? And then it's about, you, you mentioned it before, maybe they have then gone and sold and had a negative experience. And mm-hmm. again, human brain will remember rejection and negativity 10 times more. The brain will say, you got rejected there. You better remember that. Like if you just, once you learn this, you start thinking of your brain in a completely different way. You just start Mm -hmm. thinking your brain is there like some um, interfering parent that is just trying to keep you safe, right? So your brain is going to be saying, not even just like, I don't want to get rejected because you know, it's not nice. It's actually a very subconscious level saying you getting rejected in a sale is equivalent to death, even though you don't consciously think that. So you want to start remembering great experiences where you have sold. And that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean where you picked up a phone or you were in front of someone, but there's always pots in your life where, okay, maybe on a date, maybe when you were trying to explain something to your kids and you sold a concept to them to eat their greens. I know it sounds really silly, but Just what you want to do is you want your brain to start remembering that actually, I am good at selling, I am good at influencing people. I am good at, and if you then start understanding what sales is, which is serving and understanding people, you can come up probably a million times in your life where you have served someone well. Mm -hmm. Even if it was your best friend asking you for advice, where you have tried to understand people. So Mm -hmm. you want to start changing your brain, if you're not very comfortable with selling, about how scary it finds selling. And you want to start reminding of great sales experiences you've had, and then great experiences you've given other people, even better if it's in a traditional sales sense. But let's say you haven't got many of them, even times you understood, helped, listened, served people, remember that, marinate that. And that comes to the forefront. That gives you what I call your base. And then mm-hmm. you go and learn skills and techniques to add to that, because it's very important. It's not all inner game, right? I talk about like a footballer, Ronaldo, right? Everybody. Cristiano Ronaldo, monster mentality, but he also learns mm-hmm. how to play football skill as well. Right? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, I, that that's what I would say. It's really important to improve your relationship with sales. D- does that make sense? Does that answer the question? Absolutely.
1: No, 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 definitely. It 100% does ask the question. And I think it, um, it it's definitely food for thought, you know, because I guess we all have a different, all of us have a different relationship to sales and selling Uh, We've all had different experiences, good and bad, as you mentioned. Um, But I like the fact that um, I like the way that you use the analogy of marinating yourself in experiences that you've had good experiences in and how it made you feel, which is kind of like reliving kind of like because you're going to remember those experiences, of course, if you've if you've experienced good hospitality or went to a good restaurant or whatever it might be. You're going to remember some of those things. And I think that that is a really good way to change the perspective of sales, which is a really good thing. So thanks very much for sharing that with me. It was really good. Um, was going to say, now, the world is changing all the time. As you know, we've had a lot of online stuff. We have face-to-face, we have on-the-telephone I mean, we even look back at movies such as Boiler Room, The Wolf of Wall Street, all of those amazing selling. Jerry Maguire, you know, so, you know, we're going back a little while. Show me the money. Show (laughs) me the money. Exactly. Show me the money. I remember Mm -hmm. that one. Definitely. Um, But what have you found, especially because times are changing right now and no one likes to be sold to, but everyone wants to buy. You've heard of that before. Um, So. What would you say from your perspective? What are the what would you say are three to five of the three to five or what three to five ways in which are the most effective ways to sell more effectively to get whether it be a high conversion or a better result, whatever it is. But what have you found in this day and age? um, You know, what have you found the most better effective way to sell?
0: Yeah, okay, really, you ask really good questions, Adam. Um, so one thing is, I think we can't get away from technology, right? It's just mm. part of our life. So, and I'm mm. actually <laughs> by heart I'm a bit of a tech phone, right? So it's something that I've had to get my mind into and go, look, I have to live with this. So I would say, at a very technical level, start getting comfortable with technology and and let technology help you, right, rather than be a barrier. Now, having said all that, do you know when they say like fashion goes around in cycles? Um, yeah. And what I would say, there's two things I'm going to say here. I feel that a lot of things come back in fashion, including the way Mm -hmm. we sell. And I feel that people now, because of the technology, people want that human relationship. Going back to what I said a few few minutes ago, that whole spamming on LinkedIn, where you're getting a message going like, (sighs) hey, I've seen your business. And would you like to take up our services? We can help you get more leads. And you're thinking, that's a That's almost like AI has said that right? You take <laughs> my name and you send that out millions of times and people are getting so sick and tired of that, right? Mm. So it's going back and taking the personal touch again. You can you still mm. use technology to do that, like you're still using mm. LinkedIn or social media, but it's really become, I think, more and more important once again, like it was 40, 50 years ago to have yeah. that personal touch because it's come back in fashion, right? I'd even go as far as saying, and this is going to contradict my first point, like nobody sends handwritten letters or typed up letters anymore. To someone like because <laughs> right? I know somebody posted a, a, a letter for their services rather than sending me yeah. a LinkedIn message, that would get my attention so much more. Sure, but without digressing too much, I would say the personal touch is definitely something that you need to re bring back into your sales and make it really personal. Like when I say personal, pe- people, so I had it the other day and I actually entertained the person on LinkedIn, they sent me a message going, Hey, I really love your post, Navin. Right. And they asked me a question, and I looked at what they did, and their business was helping coaches grow their business. So I knew at some level they're probably going to try to sell me a product or service. But I thought, let me just, you know, at least he's a little bit different, this guy, and at least a little bit he's not trying to just sell me something straight away. So I said, yeah, it's really good. And I was, you know, giving him some answers back. And I could tell, though, that he was just leading up to a sell. And I actually started finding that a little bit irritating because now Mm -hmm. it was like, you're not being authentic. You've just learnt maybe in a book somewhere that actually don't just go straight for the kill and you know start building a relationship. So what I say is get really personal. So if he had said something like Navin, right, I've seen that you're about to launch a new group coaching program, or I've seen that, you know, your posts are talking a lot about inner game and specifically mm. how to link sales. Or I saw that you did a book launch last month. That's personal. Mm. That mm. is getting my attention. Even if he tried try to sell me, then I don't mind. If he said, look, I saw that you did a book launch last month. I guess your book's going to come out very soon. And I guess you're going to want to get a lot of traction around that. I might be able to help you. The fact that he took his time out, understood me, and is relevantly offering me a service, I don't mind him selling to me because mm. it's personal. And he's not doing the, the bullshit of, oh, I'm trying to be your friend and understand you, but really I'm trying to sell to you. He's being straight up. Up front, up front I do want to I have something that you might be interested in so mm-hmm. I'm not like trying to pretend I'm your friend right which again makes me think he's authentic but he's not just throwing something down my throat and he's still mm-hmm. trying to understand what he needs. and he's actually taking something that is relevant to me so mm-hmm. I've kind of got a long-winded answer with that but basically number one is definitely be very 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 personal right mm-hmm. and I i did this with um because I, I also work with, with companies and corporates and I and I did this with my own business and I I literally, what I, I did is I, I found a, a particular company that was really interesting for me to work with. And I went through their annual report, okay? And I found a few things they were trying to achieve. And I also looked at the, the main head of sales, what he was posting, right? Mm-hmm. And I married the two and I actually then sent a, a message to him saying, look, I've noticed these are two or three of your priorities at the moment. I've noticed you've been talking about this. I think I can help you. And he actually turned around and said, no one's ever gone to that specificity. And he goes, that's why I was like, straight away, let's have a call right so i understood the the importance of being personal and not just personal for the sake of it but actually be relevantly personal
1: right Mm. you made a really good point there um something sorry to interrupt i was going to say to you one thing that really uh what you were saying actually and and this is a a common thread which is giving value right you've given value because you've gone out of your way by going through their annual report and try to connect the dots so you've given some value whereas most people like especially on like linkedin or on instagram or whatever it is just trying to sell themselves about how great their product and service is like really i don't give a shit type of analogy um (laughs) but i like that i I think that and and actually it's interesting because that actually happened to me maybe only twice in my life on linkedin Where someone has reached out to me and they're like, oh, I can see you've you're you're trying to achieve this. Yet um, I believe I believe that you could make a couple of improvements here. I'm happy to share it with you for five minutes. And that I really liked because, again, it added value. Um, They've gone out of their way and I'm getting some advice and some education and that way I can develop a relationship. So I think you make a really good point there
0: hundred percent. And actually that was my second point. So as well as being personal is give before you get. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's one of those things that are like, you know, I think religions have said it and you know, people have been saying for thousands of years, when you give, you get more. And I think in sales, it's probably more true of anything else. So give value up front. Don't try to, and yeah. don't worry about, Oh, what if I give the value and I don't get it back? Don't over give it where you're giving everything away for free. Cause you've got to value your time and service, but give, exactly what I did right? Say, I've seen this. In fact, this is what I did with that, that company. I said, I've seen X, Y, Z, and I think I can help you with something. Let's have a chat. And I gave it, I'm trying to remember, but I think I even gave one little tip so that they, they already thought, well, oh, actually, this guy's giving me value, even if we say we don't want to speak to him. So always go with serving first. And even, for example, yeah. my book launch I did last month, I turned it into a bit of a sales workshop because I thought the people who physically bothered turning up and coming there and supporting, I wanted to make sure that they go away learning something. And because I'm also there's a as well as being a salesperson, there is I'm a coach or a trainer, so I mm. always try to give some value. And my mentality is if, if even if they don't buy from me, if they've gone away and learned something, they'll always remember me. And yeah. from a kind of karma point of view, I've done my bit. So the second thing is always give value, always give before you receive. Yep.
1: Right, love that. Yeah. Love that. If you do it's that
0: if first of all, if you and you find out about them. You give before you receive, you be authentic, you be as genuine as possible. That's really, really going to help. And the final thing I would say on this is this is a bit like, do you know what they say in the investing world, where when everybody's doing one thing, do the opposite? Right? Mm-hmm. When everybody's selling stocks, that's the time to buy. When everyone's buying, that's the time to not. It's a bit like that, I feel, like with selling. I think that what people do is they, things start working, and mm. then they, and especially how quickly trends change nowadays. People start overusing that, right? And I would say that if you've seen something that's been going on for six months, it's probably too late if you start doing that, right? And mm-hmm. what I would do is either find something else or take that trend and tweak it because people find things overkill then. So I would say just, just look at, be, be aware of trends and think about, look, has this trend gone too far? And if I just, if I now use this, am I just like everybody else? Which goes on to my other point, which is differentiate yourself, Yeah, right? Because there are millions of coaches, there are millions of podcast hosts, there are millions of lawyers, there are millions of whatever it is, right? What makes you different? Why should somebody at least be listening to you? So always, 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 and I always try to think like, what makes me stand out? What, uh, from from a sales point of view, but also genuinely, like even when I, the things I learn, as a coach, mm. the things I go and invest money in to learn, I'm always trying to think what gives me that little bit of different orientation or competitive advantage or something that if somebody went to another coach, they're not getting. But because I invested my money in that, like I work with um, a program which is read, led by a neuroscientist, right? Because I'm trying to understand more about the, you no, know, I haven't got a neuroscience background. I've done a lot of personal development and I've done NLP and I've done hypnotherapy and I've got some, and I've done a coaching qualification which gives me a very good founding but I want to get to that next level so I need to then think when I'm investing what do I invest in okay this is being led by a neuroscientist let me invest in that because that's going to give me that little bit of differentiation or competitive advantage when I'm selling and not just what I'm selling when I'm actually delivering the service which people are going to go wow that was different let's use him again or let's recommend him to someone mm-hmm. so there's Love a few that. things there that, that I think people can, can use
1: definitely love that some good stuff um you know there's one thing that came off the top of my head actually and then just as as you were as I was listening to uh attentively and one of the things that um especially with some of our listeners that uh, have got maybe a small team um or a here that have maybe got a slightly larger team and one of the things that I have say for example that I don't know we all have targets generally most companies have financial targets we all have financial goals that we want to achieve which can help us grow our business and skill um but with say for example we have a small team of people or even a large team of people and certain individuals are underperforming whether you know from a sales perspective right because that's their role um how do you What is the best advice for the decision makers or the business owners of people that are underperforming in those businesses? How does one tackle, you know, those underperforming individuals without kind of coming across as the big bad war for you know without kind of saying you're crap at what you do go find another job type thing you know and say saying the wrong things and having a, a lawsuit pr- possibly on your table whatever it is um, have you and you've probably been in a situation like that or not well not yourself but probably had to advise um, or consult with companies in similar situations so uh, what's your thoughts
0: yeah again a really good question and, and again yes i have been in those situations so the first thing i would say is I always say that first check is the person who's underperforming or people underperforming have they got the right attitude I said do they give a shit right? yeah because one thing if somebody doesn't care like generally doesn't care there's very little you can do with that person and actually that's very unfair for you I in you're getting the short straw there but honestly I know it sounds harsh but if somebody doesn't care you have to get rid of them right because yeah. that becomes like a cancer which spreads around your team as well. But most of the time, hopefully people do care. They they do want to do well, they do want to do well for themselves and for you. In that case, it's usually a skill set and mindset and confidence thing. So where you want them to have tremendous empathy, right? And what I always think, and this is one of the other big, this is another reason I started my business, is when I worked in the corporate world, when people were underperforming, they'd get a sales trainer in and all the sales trainer would do was give them more skills, right? Mm. And the way I see that is like, it's a bit like sending a soldier into battle who hasn't got the guts to fire a gun, and you just give them a machine gun? Like you're not <laughs> under, you're not solving the underlying problem. So right. usually, when somebody's um, not performing, it's and you've and and you know they're they're an intelligent person. They've obviously come through your interview process. That you know they've got something about them. It's usually a mindset thing. So what you want to do is you want to sit down with them, take them one to one, usually, and find out to yeah. say and try to get under the bonnet. Right And usually a really good question or a, a line of questioning. this is where a coach, and I'm not just plugging myself, this is where a coach does this really well, because sometimes people don't want to admit this to their bosses, find out what they're afraid of. in mm. so the bottom of most underperformers, there's a fear around something. there's a fear around rejection, there's a fear about around being found out. Sometimes you know, if we want to get really deep, some people actually have a fear of success, but that's, that's again mm-hmm. another problem. Mm-hmm. right. So you want to start understanding underneath the boot, like where's their where's their mind out at, at the moment? Because people wear masks. When well, people, especially in sales, will come out and be like, yeah, everything's fine. i you know what? I've got it all under control. And inside the thinking, and I've been in this situation when I started my sales career. This is why I'm so passionate about what I do. I was that guy. I was that guy that was, you know, everybody thought it was to be like, you know, how do he all this stuff together. But inside, I was like, oh my God, am I going to make your sale? Am I good enough? Blah, blah, blah. And that's why I wasn't making the sales as much as I wanted to. So I would say go in and, and empathize with them and try to get them to open up. If you can get a coach or someone else better, but let's say you don't want to do that, you've got to become and have that coaching management style. They've got to trust you. They've got to feel psychologically safe. And when they open yeah. up and you find that was the underlying problem, then you can start addressing the issues. Then of course, mm-hmm. like them training, like, Give them training. Listen into their calls. Find out what they're doing. There'll, there'll be tweaks that they can make that, of course, mm. are going to help them. But mm. I always say that you want to, you want to first feel like have they got the right attitude. If they haven't, yeah. honestly, get rid of them. It's it's in any discipline in the world, in any team, people with a stinking attitude will literally. You know when you get the bad fruit in a bowl and it just starts taking yep. all the apples bad. bad apples. Yep, bad apples. It will be like that. If they've got the great attitude, then find out what's their underlying fears, insecurities, what's going in their head, what's their monkey mind saying, and try Mm -hmm. to relieve them. Try to get them to even understand that and get it out. And then Mm -hmm. work on their skill set, their actual sales questioning, what they're doing, how they're positioning your product, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, you give them support, you give them encouragement. And usually, nine times out of 10, over a period of time, it'll work out. If, again, it's not working, you've thrown everything at it, maybe that business, maybe sales, maybe it's just not right for them. But I always I always say, give everybody, as long as they've got the right attitude, as much chances as possible. Because from, even from a financial point of view, and you'll know this is a business owner, getting rid of someone, re- finding then interviewing for someone else, rehiring them, getting them trained up, you're losing not just the cost of the hiring and firing process and maybe you know lawsuits, et cetera, but actually mm-hmm. it takes someone a few months to get up to speed anyway. So you're missing out yes. on those sales. So you're better off investing in your current people, getting them up to scratch than keep trying to find new people.
1: True. True. Yeah, make a valid point there. I like that, Navin. Um, I know that we're conscious I'm conscious of time and, and, and stuff like that, but I do have one final question before we wrap up today. And you know, when we sell, we can sell. There are many different ways in which we can sell. We can sell on the phone, we can sell online, we can sell face to face, different situations, different environments, etc. But what have you found? as being the most effective questions that we can ask, whether it be prospects or people that we're having a conversation with, that we're maybe selling our product service or methodology or fantastic program or whatever it is that we're trying to sell. What what have you found the most effective questions uh, when it comes to getting either a positive or just not even a positive result, but just a way in which, uh consumers or or someone that that we're speaking to to a result or to a decision because effectively that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to enabling and empower them empower them more than anything else to come to a decision on what they'd like to do and any any thoughts on questions
0: sure so i mean this could be such a huge topic questioning is such a powerful thing right it really is important What I would say, let's talk a bit about, again, the philosophy of it. What you want to do is, and this goes back to what I said at the start, the human brain is wired for safety, okay? So typically, the reason why people don't sell is not often, like sometimes, don't get me wrong, they've done a really bad job of explaining their product or service. There is obviously that. Or their product or service is just not what the customer needs or not good enough. But a lot of the time, there's actually a really good book about this called The Jolt Effect, which which talks about this. But Ah, yeah, I've heard about that one. Yeah, so, so a lot of the time, it's, it, it talks about the people having a fear of messing up, but basically, mm. uh, as a buyer. Now, a lot of the time, what it is, is that people didn't take the resistance away. It's mm. not because they didn't sell themselves or talk about their product or service well enough. There are other, like, a lot of time people talk about features when they are speaking benefits. You know, that's a whole other subject. But a lot of the time, they didn't take the resistance away. So a lot of the time, what I say is when you're questioning, you wanna get deep. You wanna think of somebody like an onion that you're peeling away the onion, peeling away the layers, right? So, one of the things I always talk about is I talk about level one, level two, and level three questioning, okay? And your level one questioning is just understanding the facts of what they want, mm-hmm. right? Level two questioning is finding out the why behind they want it, mm-hmm. right? So, we wanna, just speaking to a company, we wanna double our sales revenue in the next year. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that important right now why, why, why are we even speaking and why is that important right now and level three questions is, which is where people don't normally go to and this is the real where the juice happens this is the and you can get peel further is the consequence questions what's the mm. consequence of that person you're speaking to not achieving or not solving that problem or achieving that x y and z goal what's the consequences of that and get them to tell you don't assume. Because sometimes people haven't even worked that equation out in their head. When you get that out of someone, what their brain is beginning to say is like, oh, my God, if I don't do this, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. If I don't do this, I'm going to get sacked. If I don't invest in this coaching, my business is going to go in the pan. And then you don't need to start persuading anymore. They'll start selling it to themselves. But the Mm -hmm. problem is people don't go deep. And people don't really go and get the customer to articulate What's the consequence of not achieving X, Y, and Z? So that's a really, really, and, and you know, that's a, you know, I talk about it in my book, but also I, it, it's a very deep thing when people are coaching, when I coach people, my programs, I go into the whole depth behind that because there's a lot mm. of the psychology around that. And there's even the way you ask those questions that are important. But until mm. somebody knows what's the end bad thing or good thing that will happen to them, right? There's always going to be resistance to buy and another, just this is another question I always like asking as well. Is a bit of a side point to that. Is sometimes just ask people like, "Why are we talking today? What what, what mm. made you want to have this conversation with me?" Because then that that question in itself will get them to open up a lot and say, "Well, I've got X, Y, and Z problems, and this is the reason why the, this problem is affecting me." And I thought you'd be able to help me. So just that sometimes that question can really open up a lot of dialogue. Yep, that's a really
1: honestly, good question.
0: Really good question. But yeah,
1: love it, love it, love it, love it, Um, guys. Hope that you're um, enjoying some of our conversations. By the way, me and Navin could pretty much talk all day. By the way, just went. It's a fascinating subject: sales, psychology in the game. Um, You know, I mean, we're basically scraping the iceberg, ladies and gents, in terms of our conversations and whatever it might be. But um, um, if you have any questions, by the way, feel free to use the comments in the comment section below. Uh, me and Namin will obviously come back to you. If you're not listening to us live, use the hashtag live, use the hashtag re- replay. Make sure that you also check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc. Um, first of all, Namin, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a real pleasure in uh, in, in really talking about something which, well, you know, it, it, it's one of those conversations, as you said, everyone needs to be able to learn how to sell but to be able to have a deep conversation about something which is which can be a little bit sensitive for people and maybe because of experience or perceptional reality or whatever it is. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, for a great show.
0: Well well, thanks for having me, firstly. And I have to say, I've been on a few podcasts, and you've probably asked the best questions. So the update was some of the best questions that people have asked. So that's really good because you want to get deep, you want to get juicy. So Thanks for that. And, I, and I'm really passionate about this stuff. So giving me an opportunity, a platform to share that, you know, I thank you as well.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And for you guys that are listening in, by the way, uh, make sure that you check out Navin's new book, which is called Selling from the Inside Out, uh, which is all available in your uh, bookstores from around the world, Amazon, Waterstones, Barnes and Noble, etc. You can check them all out. They should be there depending on where you are uh, in the world. So make sure that you check out, and if you have any questions for Navin, feel free to reach out. We'll put post all of his links to his uh, to his social media platform uh, below, so you can reach out to him uh, from there. Anyway, so great show today, guys. Hope you've enjoyed today's. Uh, if you, as, as I always mention to you, right, and um, I was going to say to you, uh, we've just recently celebrated our third year anniversary on the Game Changers Experience Podcast. So. Um, so, I'm really thankful for everyone that's been listening and some of our loyal subscribers and loyal listeners. So, I wanted to say thank you so much. And my ask for, from you guys is as again, please feel free to leave a one or a five star review over on Apple or on Spotify, whichever your preferred podcast platform is. Uh, I greatly appreciate feedback and education and really kind of i'm all all about sharpening the axe and turning it and making improvements and subtle changes so that we can create another amazing 250 episodes uh, over the next three years as well so listen hope today's uh, show has been good for you from me i been. hope you will take care see you soon and uh, ciao, ciao